Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renewed Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. Well, good morning, church. How are we doing? You may be asking yourself, why is Mikey on stage with a putting green, a golf club, and a giant notepad? And if you're not, then you probably need to wake that person up. But the answer to that is because in the spirit of our new, brand new series, we are going to play the putting game. <laughs> Supposed to get a little bit more of a reaction from that, but guess it's that kind of morning. No. Hey, so what we're doing is we're playing the putting game. One married couple is going to have the opportunity to come up here and win a gift card to Crumble Cookie. How's that sound? Not too good by the sound of it. Man, are you guys awake? Do you guys like me at all? Okay. <laughs> this guy's up here looking like an idiot, and we're just going to say nothing. Great, honestly. It's so good for my ego. All right, so which married couple would like to volunteer to play the putting game? Or would somebody like to nominate a married couple? Danny? Danny and Monica. Guys, welcome Danny and Monica. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, Danny, so you're going to grab the club and you're going to be over here on this side. Monica, you're going to stand over here next to me. It's all right, all right. These are the rules. These are the rules of the game. We're going to ask you five questions. Monica's going to write them down here, right? I got this pen for you. You have to guess them right. If you guess it wrong, you stay there. If you get it right, you move up another hash mark closer to the hole. Sound good? And if you make the putt at the end of this, you get the crumble cookie gift card. Sound good? Are we ready? All right. Question number one. What is your spouse's favorite food? So give Monica a second to write it down. Think about your answer. And Monica, when you're done, let me know. Write down what your favorite food is. And Danny has to try to guess it. You got this, Danny. No pressure, just the entire church is watching you. <laughs> you got it? All right, Danny, what is your spouse's favorite food? Pizza. Pizza. And it is tacos. <laughs> it's all right, you're good, you're good. We got, we got four more <laughs> opportunities. You're doing great, all right. All right, all right, it's all good. Shake it off, all right? We're good, we're good, okay? Next question, next question. Where was your first kiss? So Danny, think about it. Monica, write it down. Where was your first kiss with Danny? Do you guys know? Do you remember? <laughs> all right, so do we, do we want to give him a pass here? Yeah? All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, fine, all right. Good. Next question. What month and year did you get engaged? What month and year did you get engaged? You got this, Danny. You're going you're gonna to kill it. I know you are. Don't look nervous, please. You got it? Danny. What month and year did you get engaged? August. What year? March. 
2014. August 2014. February 2013. <laughs> it's all right, it's all right, it's all right, it's all right, it's all right. I thought it was that too. I thought it was too. All right, all right. <laughs> all right, next question. What are your in-laws' middle names? All right, so she's, he's on to something. So right now, what, what, so what are your parents' middle names? Danny, what are your in-laws' middle names? They don't have any. Oh! There we go. There we go. There we go. And I believe we have one final question, correct? All right. Last and final question. You're doing great. Danny, at least you're not at the starting point, okay? Last question. What would your wife say is the best thing about being married to you? So, Monica, you're going to write what is the best thing about being married to Danny, okay? <laughs> you got it. Danny, this is going to be good. You're totally going to get it. No pressure. What would you say, or what would your wife say is the best thing about being married to you? You got it? There's a lot of things, Danny. You must be an incredible husband. With a bad memory. <laughs> we good? All right, wait, wait, wait. All right, so Danny, what would your wife say is the best thing about being married to you? Uh, I take good care of her. Uh, I talk to her about Christ, you know. So, you know. All right, all right. Pretty good, pretty good. What do we got here? He makes me laugh. <laughs> it's close enough. I'll give you half, I'll give you half a, a thing. All right, so... Now, here's the thing. I'm going to get over here next to me. Danny, you got one opportunity to hit that golf ball into the hole. If you make it, you win the gift card. If you miss it, um, well, you know, yeah. Just tap it in. Tap, tap. Other, other way? Yeah, like that. There we go. You got it. You got it. Oh, good try. Good try. Guys, give it up for Danny and Monica. Thank you, guys. Way to go, guys. Fantastic job. Good job, Monica. God Thank bless you. you. All right, come on. Give them another round of applause. Act like you're happy. <laughs> Clap because it wasn't you up there and you didn't have to go do that. That's a tough job, especially improv. No warning, no, no, you know, no preparation for the questions, as you could tell. Um, you know, November 20. No, November 99, that was when we were engaged. I remember that. I do know now that I'm thinking about it. Well, hey, let's get into the Word today. And uh, we're going to just start right in because, uh, you know, uh, Mikey cut right into my, my, my fun intro time. So let's just pray and then we'll get right into the, the message. Father in heaven, bless today. Bless this time. Thank you so much for all that you're doing. Minister to hearts and lives. Speak through me, your, your messenger, I pray. In Jesus' name we pray. All of God's people said... Amen, amen. So Genesis chapter 29, that's where we're going to pick up right now. Genesis 29, starting at verse 1, and I'm going to read like 14 or 15 verses. It says this, Then Jacob continued on his journey, and he came to the land of the people of the east. And as he looked, he saw a well in the field, and behold, three flocks of sheep lying beside it. For out of the well the flocks were watered. 
the stone of the well's mouth was large, and when all the flocks were gathered there, the shepherds would roll the stone from the mouth of the well and, uh, and water the sheep and put the stone back in its place over the mouth of the well. Jacob said to them, My brothers, where do you come from? And they said, We're from Haran. He said to them, Do you know Laban, the son of Nahor? They said, We know him. He said, it is, is it well with him? <clears throat> they said, It is well. And see, Rachel, his daughter, is coming with the sheep. He said, Behold, is it... It is still high day. It is not time for the livestock to be gathered together. Water the sheep and go, pasture them. But they said, we cannot until all the flocks are gathered together and the stone is rolled from the mouth of the well. Then we will water the sheep. While he was still speaking with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she was a shepherdess. Now as long, as soon as Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, Jacob came near, and he rolled the stone from the well's mouth, and he watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. Then Jacob kissed Rachel and wept aloud. And Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's kinsman and that he was Rebekah's son, and she ran and told her father. As soon as Laban heard the news about Jacob, his sister's son, he ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his house. And Jacob told Laban all these things, and Laban said to him, Surely you are my bone and my flesh. And he stayed with him a month. So this is God's word, and we're thankful for it even when it can be a little bit weird sometimes. I don't know if any of that to you sounded a little bit interesting. I mean, uh, first of all, you get this idea that, that Jacob's coming and, and he's kind of looking for a, a wife, but he's also looking for a cousin. I, I mean, that's, that's what I got out of that. And, and uh, to impress his future wife cousin, he like moves this stone by himself. He's like a little bit of a show off. And, and then at the same time, after he moves the stone, he then begins to cry. He begins to weep over his hope-to-be future wife. Isn't that a little bit of a weird story? We're going to pick back up on it in just a few minutes, but this is God's word. And as I say, we are thankful for it, even when it's kind of weird. And I'm teaching a message this morning on pursuing your spouse because it's easy before you do, but oftentimes it's a little harder after you did. I want you to get this, and if you're taking notes, you have a worship guide, there's some fill-in-the-blanks, um, and, and then just some notes down at the bottom. Here's, here's something I want you to remember. If you want your marriage to thrive, never stop pursuing your spouse. Never stop pursuing your spouse. Because oftentimes we do it before the marriage. Before we get married, it's easy. Before we do that, it's like, man, I, I, I just... I want her, so I'm going to pursue her. But after you did it, it's not always as easy. I want you to know this before I even you know, jump in, though, because some of y'all are trying to check out on me. You're like, well, I'm not married. If you're not married, this message still applies to you. If you're single, single people, raise your hand for just a minute. Raise your hand. Come on, don't be shy. Raise your hand, raise your hand. Hold them up high. Hold them up high. Now look around for a second. Uh, and this is your chance. Just get a look at what you're, what you're working with. Y'all are like, no, I know what he's fixing to do. This is better than Christian mingle. It doesn't cost you either. So before and after is the name of the message. Before you do, after you did. So let me show you a before and after. Here's the before. Um, this is like 20-something years ago. Yeah, right, she is fine, isn't she? Beautiful little girl. And uh, then this is after. They are fine, except for that guy in the middle. There's my, my beautiful family. That's before and after. You know, like Jacob, 
I wasn't afraid to show off for love. Like, I was just like Jacob in my own context growing up in high school. Like, I had a cool pickup, big rims, a sound system. I was the only guy in my high school with a ninja. Not, I, I wasn't a ninja. Like, I don't know how to fight. But I had a ninja, like the motorcycle. I was doing everything I could to get her attention. Now she doesn't care if I show off her love. She just wishes I would pick up the trash in the floorboard of my 10-year-old car. Like, she doesn't care how nice it is or how new it is or how big the rims are. Just Could you just pick up the McDonald's wrappers down in the bottom of the floorboard? You see, before we were married, I, I wasn't afraid to show off for love. Before we were married, I wasn't afraid to make a fool out of myself for love. Like right after we started dating, I, I found out that she loved candles. So I went to a decor store and I bought her a hundred candles only to find out she doesn't like the look of a candle or the smoke that the candle puts off. She likes the scent, the aroma of a candle. But this 17-year-old dummy didn't understand that that's why she loved candles. And specifically, she likes leaves from Bath and Body Works, if anybody's looking for a gift for my wife. Uh, but I wasn't afraid, before we were married, I wasn't afraid to make a fool out of myself for love. Before we were married, I wasn't afraid to go all out for love. Like, I truly loved my girlfriend. By the way, she said I love you first. Just for the record, I want you to know that. Um, she did. I remember where it was. But we had this thing that we would do sometimes, and it was a pager code. You guys remember pagers, right? You know, the numerical pagers you put on your belt or in your pocket if you're really cool. And uh, it, we had this code, and it was uh, a code for I love you. Does anybody know what the code for I love you was? Oh, my goodness. You guys are wrong, too. You guys are, you, you're just like the first service. You're wrong. It's 831. 831. Eight letters, three words, one meaning. I love you, okay? You just learned something today. Take note. Amen? All right. All right, one, four, three. Anyway, <laughs> we would do this, like I would go all out for love. Like I, I, we would have late night calls and it would be, you know, not on, on cell phones because you didn't have like limit, unlimited minutes, right? You, you were dealing with, you know, home phones. She had a phone in her room. She had her own phone and I had like the downstairs kitchen phone. And so I'm downstairs and my parents are upstairs and I'm like trying to, to be quiet on the phone with my girlfriend and it's like, you hang up. No, you hang up. No, you hang up, right? You, you guys remember that, anybody? Going all out for, for love. My mom and dad limited how many nights a week I could take her out. And I wanted to take her out every day. I like basically forgot I even had like friends, like guy friends. And I was just like, I wanted to be her boyfriend. And so that's what I did uh, all day, every day. Until my parents were like, hey, like you got to put a limit on this. You can't be going out with her all the time. It's, it, you, you're going to have to like have a little bit of like, um, you know, self-control and, and, and do something else with your life. You're just too, you're, you're too, you're, you're going all out. So guess what I did? I put a ring on it. I, I asked her <laughs> to be my wife. I, 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 I wanted to take her out every night. And, and so I'm not recommending this plan to anybody like young, like this, these two young couples right here, but like 19, here's my timeline, 1998 high school graduation, 1999, engaged, 2000, married, 2001, moved to Miami, the rest is history. Isn't that crazy? That, that's my life, that's my story, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of sticking to that. But before we were married, you know, it, I, I hope you get what I'm saying, it was easy to show off, it was easy to make a fool, it was easy to go all out 
for love. But now, after I did, before you do, it's easy. After you did, you've got to be much more intentional, don't you, husbands? You've got you to work at it a little bit harder. You've got to pursue your spouse. And the point of the message and the title of the message is never stop pursuing your spouse. My problem is, is I say things like, man, you already bought yourself a candle, honey. I, I just saw the bag. It's, it's in there, and there's a closet full of, you know, Bath and Body Works candles. Do I really need to buy you one? And the answer is yes. She would love it because it's the thought that counts. I need to buy her a candle. That's her, that's her love language. Um, and, and, you know, honey, we went on a date last month. Do we really have to go on a date again this month? That's, that's sometimes the, the feeling that, that happens now that we're married. Or, you know, with the phones, it's, it's kind of like, well, I, I got your, your number showing up on my phone, but honey, I can't take it right now, and, and it's can I call you later button, right? Which is never good, but that's what happens sometimes when we get married. In all seriousness, this is, we, we just, as, as married couples, we stop pursuing. And in all seriousness, uh, we begin pursuing something or even someone else. Uh, and, 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 and that something might be the career, which is good, or, or the kids, which is good, but, uh, you know, hobby, habits, house, money, all these things. But the problem is, is, if we stop pursuing our spouse, guess what? Somebody else might start pursuing her. Someone else might start going after him. If, if, you, don't, if you stop pursuing your spouse, even for good things, someone else might stop, start pursuing him or her. And then you get to the place where you're sitting in a counseling session and you're like, I don't know how this happened. Or you're, you're saying things like, well, we just ran out of love. You ran out of love. Like, I don't, I don't understand that. Like, I don't buy that. Typically, and this isn't every time and all the time, but oftentimes getting divorced because you ran out of love is, is like selling your car because you ran out of gas. No, if you run out of gas, don't, don't just put the car up for sale. Actually, go put some gas back in it. Don't, don't just sign the papers and quit. Go put some gas back in that marriage. Start pursuing your spouse. So as I read in the opening to the message, one of my favorite stories in the Old Testament of, of relationships is this story of Jacob and Rachel. Before he was married, he made a fool for love. He, he showed off for love. But even after he was married, he went all out for love. I'm, I'm not going to read this text, but I'm just going to kind of summarize this a little bit. So, so Jacob, he, he does that thing. He moves the big rock, and it's, it's like a show-off moment. And then he cries. It's a fool moment. And, and then uh, he's beginning to go all out for love. And what he has to do to go all out is, is he meets the father. And the father's like, hey, if you want my, my daughter, then you've got to work seven years for me. And so he does, and seven years seem like a, a, a no time at all, and he, he, he lives, you know, does the work and, and serves his, his father, and then the wedding day comes, and then guess what? Wedding night happens, and this is weird too, and you know, there's words in the scripture and text that I'm just like, I don't quite understand it. I, I'm just thankful that we don't do, you know, all the tradition of scripture that I'm marrying my cousins and stuff like that. I don't, I'm glad that, that that part of the Bible is something that was a little bit more contextual than than where we are today. But long story short, like he's, he's working seven years for his bride, the one that he's loving. He's pursuing his spouse only to find out on the wedding night that somehow he's tricked. He's deceived into getting his, uh, his bride's sister. And then the next day he goes to the father and is like, this isn't 
this isn't Rachel, this isn't my, my bride. And he's like, well, we're not going to give you the, first, the, the secondborn first. You're going to take the firstborn first. And he's like, okay, so I guess I, I, I'll do that. What do I have to do? And he says, work seven more years. You tell me what working, what pursuing your spouse looks like. Go to Genesis chapter 29 and see it. And scripture says that time passed quickly. And uh, he was willing to, to give up 14 years of his life for this woman that he loved. Never stop pursuing your spouse. If you want your marriage to thrive, never stop pursuing your spouse. How are you going to do that? Three ways. And these are if you're taking notes. And I encourage you to take notes. I know I've said this many times, but... When you take notes, you recall, you remember. If you don't take notes, you, you forget, and, and all you remember is the silly golfing game. Take notes because then you can recall, even just by the bullet points, the reason why we were talking about you know, these, these three points. Here's the first point. Number one, say the right words. Say the right words. If you want to pursue your spouse, you have to say the right words. Hebrews 3.13 says, But encourage one another daily as long as it is called today. So that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So men, I want you to pursue her uh, with the right words. Encur that, that verse says, encourage one another daily. So here's, here's the encouragement for men. Men, pursue her with words of affection. And that affection does not always mean sexual words. It does not always mean that it has to be like that. It, it can be a little bit less like that and a bit, little bit more like, man... Uh, honey, I just love you. Is my wife in here? Misty, are you in here? There she is. Will you stand up? Misty, there she is. You, could you guys give my wife a round of applause? <laughs> Misty, I, I love you. And I love you because... Why are you, you're supposed to stay standing. <laughs> I love you. And you know, uh, you know exactly what I need when I need it. You fill in the blanks for me. And you, 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 you know the kind of days that I'm having when I'm having them. And I thank God for you. You're an amazing mother. Uh, you're an amazing Christ follower. And you are my best friend. Ah, awesome. Yeah, now you can sit. Pursue her. Pursue her with words of affection. Husbands, uh, wives, pursue them. Pursue husbands with words of affirmation. Pursue husbands with words of affirmation. Don't tell him what he's not. Tell him what you see him becoming. He is becoming what you see in him. That, that is the truth in my relationship for sure. When my wife tells me that I'm a good pastor, I'm a good preacher, when the message was on point, man, it is words like, like, like music to my ears, uh, her words. Avoid words like never or always. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like you never do that or you always do that and it always leads to a fight. And if your spouse doesn't go to church with you, wives, don't, don't say... Why is it that you never go to church with me? Or why do you always, you know, go to the game instead of, you know, spend time with your family? Instead, say something like, hey, why don't we, why don't we go to church together and afterwards we'll go to the game together. I'll, I'll do what you do if you'll, you'll do what I do. Like affirmation. Build them up. Don't push them away. You see, women want to know, do you love me today? Even in my, my 20 years of age and uh, I mean, 20 years of, 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 of you know, history and, and getting older. Do you love me still? And men want to know, do you believe in me today? Do you still believe that I'm the man that, that you married can do the things that you want done? I added this in my blog this week, and if you're not getting the emails, check your spam or sign up. Make sure you're getting these every week. But I added this this week, and you can go to this. I'm not going to spend a lot of time. I could 
preach a series on it, but it's called fivelovelanguages.com. And you can go to that and take this free quiz, and it'll help you to identify uh, the right words and the right language that you can speak as husbands and wives. Uh, like knowing what your language is, but even as, as important as knowing what your spouse's love language is. Is In other words, these five love languages are physical touch, that's, that's my love language, gifts, that's my wife, quality time, acts of service, words of affirmation, that's my second uh, strongest love language. You've got to know the language that your wife speaks or your husband speaks because if you're talking in their language um, about physical touch and they're not into it, it's like, you know what, I, I really just want a candle. I really want you to, if you show me you love me, give me a candle. And, and my wife, I, I'm like, honey, I just want a kiss. That's, what I, that's, that's how you can show me you love me. You've got to speak their language if you want to be able to, um, to grow in that relationship. So the first thing you've got to do to pursue your spouse is say the right thing. I hope that you go to fivelovelanguages.com. Number two, do the right things. Do the right things. James 4, 17 is, is if anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. So this week, uh, you know, I'm writing this message, I'm working on the sermon, and, and Friday's my day off. We had some guests in, coming into town, and, and uh, earlier in the week, I asked my wife to put together a little welcome basket for them. And, you know, as I said, gifts are not my love language. I, I don't like gifts. I don't like to give gifts. I really don't even care about getting gifts. I'd rather just go buy it for myself if I want it. So on my day off, my wife is like, we, we went on, on a lunch date. We went to lunch together. But on my day off afterwards, she's like, hey, I just want to stop by the store real quick and get that basket. And I'm like, ah, like seriously, like I asked you to do that. I wanted you to get that little basket and I don't want to pick up that basket. I was like, no way. We'll just forget the gift basket. They can be without a gift basket for all I care. And then after lunch, I'm like, and so that made some tension. Then I'm like, oh, but by the way, can we um, swing by the hospital? Because my dear friend Obed, which by the way, Obed, if you're watching, we love you. We're praying for you, brother. He's in the hospital. Can we stop by? And, and, and I found out that there was a schedule conflict and she had some things that she couldn't do. And, and I was just like, ah. But you know, as I'm driving home and I'm trying to get my wife home and we're kind of in this like, non-talkative like little argument right like we're just not talking to one another um the holy spirit began to like get all over me at that point you ever had that feeling where you're just like this conviction and, and it's like before and after trevor you, you're fixing to preach this message you're fixing to tell people to do the right things are you pursuing your spouse trevor i mean you're not practicing what you preach. I knew the good I ought to do. I ought to stop at the little dollar store and help her get the basket, but I didn't want to do it. And for me, that was sin. At that moment, that was sin for me. So guess what? I said, never mind the hospital. Let me help you with your appointment. And, and don't worry about the gift basket. And, and for bonus points, I actually even went by Walmart for her and did a grocery pickup. I, I didn't go inside the store, but I, I typed in the number of my parking space and and I, I kind of was a part of, you know, a transaction of buying stuff. And then she surprises me by, by getting a gift basket. So, so the point is, is to pursue your spouse, say the right words, do the right things, and then number three, be the right person. Be the right person. If you wish she was more fun and adventurous, maybe you should be less uptight and critical. If you wish she was more romantic and thoughtful, Maybe you should be less passive and 
distracted. In other words, put the phone down. Don't gripe about what your spouse is not. Instead, continue to grow into what you are supposed to be. I'm going to invite uh, Steph to come back up. See, uh, I know the things that, that uh, are, are pet peeves for my wife. She hates when I leave the lights on, which I love. I, I love my house to be all lit up, and even if I'm in the other side of the house, I just love to be able to look down there and see the lights on. I don't know why. I'm just a, a bad you know, person. Uh, but I try to turn them off behind me. Why? Because my wife likes when I turn the lights off. And my wife is a, a clean freak. Uh, in fact, she's like a professional stacker. If it's out on a table or, or on a countertop, she finds a stack to put it in or a drawer to stuff it in. And, and we literally have five and, and starting to morph into six um, junk drawers because we just, everything finds a stack, a nice, neat place to go. But I, I know the things that I need to do I, need, I know the things that I need to say, and I, need, I know the person that I need to be if I'm going to pursue my spouse, and, and, and so does she. And if I'm not doing those things, then, then what's the point? What's the point? Why are you even in the relationship? If it's, if it's just a partnership, if it's just roommates, man, you're, you're, your life must be miserable. Like, there's, there's so much more to what God had, has created and why he has created this. This last year, we did a, a, a small group with our, uh, with, with our marriage group, and, and uh, you guys are invited to join this. We'll do another one probably in the, the summer or maybe in the fall. But this last year, we did this book, uh, From This Day Forward, uh, by Pastor Craig Rochelle. And, and he talks about um, a time when he gave a, did a wedding ceremony and in the ceremony, uh, he was quoting Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. And he says in there, that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. But he was, as he was taking notes in that, he accidentally uh, wrote down, instead of united, he switched the T and the I, and he said, that is why a, father, a man leaves his father and mother and is untied to his wife, and they become one flesh. Thankfully, he got to the point and he realized his typo before he said it, so he didn't say it and mess up the ceremony. But he said, you know, this makes for a great lesson for couples. It makes for a great, great uh, sermon illustration even, that um, when you put the I in the wrong place, Instead of a, a, a man leaving his father and mother to be united to his wife and they, they cleave, they become one flesh, they, 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 he's pursuing her, she's pursuing him. Instead, it's, they're untied. They're, because they put the eye in the wrong place, they're, they're untied. And maybe there's some people in the room today that are like that. Maybe there's some people in the room today that that they, they know the, the things they ought to do, but they're not doing it. They've got the eye in the wrong place. I think of the, 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 the Apostle Paul and his letter to, I think it's the Ephesians, when he says to them, hey, uh, wives, submit to your husbands. And some of the husbands are like, yeah, yeah, that's it. Tell them, Pastor. But, but you forget the rest, which is husbands. Love your wife like Christ loved the church. 
So it's one thing for wives to submit. It's another thing to love like Christ loved the church. You know how Christ loved the church? Gave his life. Submission, sacrifice. He, he gave sacrifice. Some of us were in this partnership or we're in this business deal. We're making this, this about like just raising the kids. When the kids graduate, you have nothing in common. And you're kind of done. It's done. I'm challenging you. Just like before you did, after you do. Never stop pursuing your spouse. A marriage that lasts is not about one or, or two things. It's, it's a result of a thousand things, a thousand choices, a, a thousand moments. Whether or not to fight over a gift basket on your day off or, or turn the light off or not doing the right things or not saying the right words. And your relationship is as good as you both want it to be or as bad as you allow it. My challenge to you is to take Paul's words in Galatians 6, which is, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Don't grow weary in doing good. Yes, it is work. Marriage is work. The relationship is work doing everything that you're doing to fight for the marriage and pursue your spouse. It is work. So much easier to sit on the couch. So much easier just to say, my way, my money, my, my, my life, my time, my things. But that's untied, not united. It's God's will that we would be united. One flesh, not untied. Would you stand with me today? And I know I'm preaching to a room with uh, married people and maybe thinking about married people, but I'm also preaching to divorced people and I'm talking to, to single people. There's all kinds of different people represented in the room, and that's okay. No matter who you are, no matter where you're from or what you're thinking about, no matter the context of, of your situation, man, you can, you can pursue your spouse. Maybe it's a future spouse. You're a high school or college kid or, or a, a young 20s or 30. It doesn't matter how old you are. You might be 50 and you're pursuing your spouse. How do you do that? By, by living right, doing right, saying right even now, even before they're even in your life. I used to, as a youth pastor, I used to tell kids all the time when they would want to like, you know, uh, have premarital sex. I, uh, and they were like, well, it's not really adultery. Um, this was some of their arguments. It's not really adultery because... Um, she's not married, so I'm just having sex with another single girl. And I'm like, no, 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 that's, she's not married yet. Are you married to her? Are you, are you for sure 100% that you're going to marry to her? And, and that, that doesn't play all the way out that I can say, like, then you can go ahead and have sex because you're 100%. But, but the point is, is, if you don't marry her, you just committed adultery with somebody else's future spouse. So work at it even now single people. Work at it even now, person that's dealing with the dread of divorce. Work at it now, married people. Never stop doing the right things, saying the right things, and being the right person that God would have you to be.
I think God will put it all together. I don't think you have to fight for it. I don't think you have to chase it. God will open the doors. He'll show you who it is. Maybe you'll find them online. I've, I've met some amazing couples that were married online. Uh, and, and that's awesome if that's what God does. But however, you don't have to fight. God's going to make the way. But if you are married and it's just not working out, maybe you need to change some words, change some actions, change some, some of who you are. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? First thing that a person would need to do, and I, I do this every time we gather for a service, I, I make sure because I never know if this is a person's first time or maybe for someone else it's their last time in the church. And if that's the case, I never want them to miss an opportunity to make things right between them and God. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior and you don't have a relationship with God and you're thinking, man, um, where do I begin? It begins with your relationship with God. It begins with asking Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. Asking Him to forgive you of your sin. Asking Him to come into your life and begin to do a transformative work. And it's amazing, the people I've talked to, even recent folks, friends, people even in my, my small group, that, that they're like, people are saying stuff about me, and it's like, I don't, I don't know where they're getting it. They, they, just, they say there's something different about me. I'm like, that's because of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's working in you. It's not because of this group, or not because of a class, or because of how much Bible reading you're doing. It's just God in you, and it's growing in you. And there's this, this, this transformative work. You're becoming that new creation that's on our wristbands. The old is going away. The new is here. If today you want to make Jesus your Lord and Savior, I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer, and I'm inviting the entire congregation to pray this prayer with me because I don't want anybody. I, I, we're going to pray it all together because I don't want anybody to pray alone. I, I want you to just repeat this prayer after me, and if you don't want to, then sit reverently and quietly, respectfully, just for a moment while I give somebody an opportunity to make things right with Jesus. Pray this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. I know that I'm a sinner, that I've made mistakes, and I pray that you would forgive me of my sin, that you would come into my life, that you'd make me brand new. Today, I give you my life, my relationships, my family, my hurts. Today, I ask you to be Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. With your heads, continue to be bowed just for a minute longer. If your head's bowed, if that was you and you said, Pastor, I'm doing business with Jesus today. I'm, I'm, I'm asking him to be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me. And whether it's, whether it's the first time or the 51st time, if, if God's doing something in your life today, would you just lift your hand right where you're at and say, Pastor, that's me. I see your hand. Praise God. See your hand up here, praise God, praise God. I see your hand back in the back, over on my left, and over my left over uh, in the middle. Thank God for you. Come on, let's give God praise for what he's doing. If you made a decision, whatever that decision was, man, we want to help you take next steps. That, that could be filling that card out and dropping it with a tent, coming and talking to me after the service whatever you need, but we want to help you grow in your relationship, not just to know God, but to find freedom and discover purpose. 
and make a difference. No matter where you're at, maybe you're a long-time follower of Jesus, get it right when it comes to the relationship. Make sure that you're saying the right things, doing the right things, and being the right person. Amen? God bless you. Let's uh, sing this closing song. I almost dismissed you. I don't know what I was thinking, but let's, uh, let's sing this closing song together uh, before we dismiss.
series great job pastor trevor what a what an encouraging challenging but but just a good word about about marriages and just even preparing for marriages man so much looking forward to the rest of this series you guys are not going to want to miss keep coming back um, invite some friends invite some families it's going to be an amazing series that we know and believe is going to be a blessing for your life some announcements some things we want to share with you guys that some things we got going on here at renew church on march 11th at 7 p.m here on property we're actually doing a family movie night that's right. It's going to be a really fun event, free popcorn. We're going to hang out, watch a movie, invite some friends, invite some family. Maybe, they, maybe they're a little apprehensive to coming to church on a Sunday, but man, invite them to a movie night. It's kind of a cool way to, to introduce them to, to your church family, some of us here, and, and who knows what can come from that. But we would love to hang out with you guys, just an outreach, and, and, and really just hang out as, as a family, right? Families have fun to hang out, so we're inviting you guys to join us for that as well. Um, also, man, I, I just want to plug our, our, our youth ministry, Misfit youth we meet up every single friday night 6 30 p.m high school and middle schoolers if you are one you're invited we want you there we want to meet you we want to hang out with you get to know you or if you know of a high school or middle schooler man drop them off and just leave put a bag over the head put them in the car drop them off and leave and i promise you they'll come back um unhappy and 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 they would have had a good time so misfit youth man every friday uh pray for that just be a part of that we'd love to see you guys there and lastly, um, if you've been hanging around for the last few months, you've maybe heard of God's Guarantee. We did a sermon series in November, and basically we set out a 90-day challenge for people to trust God with their finances and, and, and give them their tithe. And so can you please join me in welcoming my good friend, Sandy Abbott. 
as she has a testimony to share with us. Okay, so I took the 90-day challenge two Novembers ago. At the time, I was um, self-employed and dealing with cash flow issues, and pastor preaches this message on tithing, and I really felt God pulling on my heart to do it, and I struggled with it. I fought with God because I felt I don't even have enough now. How are we going to do this? But I gave in, and it's an offer you cannot refuse, the 90-day challenge. Um, tithe for 90 days, and if God does not bless you, you can get your money back. Um, so I, um, I started in November. In December of that same year, I got a job offer out of the blue. I wasn't even looking for a job. They paid me more than I was getting through my freelance work, and so I gladly took it. Um, a few months later, though, my housing costs skyrocketed, and giving that tithe became a hardship. Every time I got paid and I gave that tithe, I thought what I could do with that money. But I reminded myself that that 10% was not mine, it was God's, and that he could do more with 10% than I could do with 100% of my income. So through that year, I kept asking God for provision because I was working my regular job and freelance work to be able to make ends meet. And I just kept trusting God. Every time I gave my tithe, I said, God, provide what I need so I have margin in my life and my finances and my ability to, to serve God. So through that year, I felt the favor of God as I was working. I was doing the best work I had ever done, enjoying it immensely, and people were taking notice. So after I'd been there a year, I got my you know, a chance to have the yearly evaluation, and I got a promotion. And I got a raise that represents three times what I was tithing on a monthly basis. I just encourage you to trust God. I'm not saying that he's going to give you three times the tithe. He knows what you need. He knows what you're praying for. And he will bless you, whether it's in your finances, in your relationships, whatever it is that you need, he will give you the increase that your soul thrives and needs. Thank you. Amen. That's awesome, Sandy. Thank you for sharing that. And hey, if you'd like to give, we just want to let you know that there's a few ways that you can do that. The first way to do that is in person via the envelopes in the seat pocket in front of you, and you can drop them off in a bucket on your way out. The second way to do it is to do it online by visiting renew.miami forward slash giving. And the third and final way to do that is to do it via text by texting give to 786-565-1165. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for this day. We thank you just for the opportunity to worship you, God. Um, Lord, we pray for the offering and tithes this morning. Lord, we pray that you would bless it. Pray that you would use it to continue to reach this community, Father. Use your church. Build your church, oh God. And I pray that you would just, um, God, provide the needs of your people, Father. Show up. God, do what it is that you do, Father. We thank you. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. See you next week.